and welcome to episode three of Wax Pack Lyrical. Yes, we've made it to episode three. Before we get into the show, let's meet your starting presenters. Ryan Slaughter, £197. Yeah, I've lost some weight since our last episode. Um, Birmingham City University. Dan Hewitt, still don't know where I am because I don't wear myself. The U of life. <laughs> uh, Brian Walter, second Ealing Cubs. 1984 I believe that was right then gentlemen episode 3 episode 2 seemed to go down quite well from uh, Barclay to Beecher or the other way around as it actually was how have we all been since the uh, last episode recorded which was I believe just before the NFL season kicked off we've now had 3 weeks we're on the cusp of week 4 what have you guys been up to in the card collecting world since we uh, last recorded um I haven't really bought too much stuff, um, particularly. I haven't made too many pickups. Um, I did recently. I was on a bit of a bad run, break-wise. However, recently Steve's turned it around for me and I absolutely chopped it off. I got a Barclay Spectra patch numbered to five and then a Barclay Spectra Auto numbered to 20 in two separate breaks, uh, which I'm over the moon with and I'm still debating whether I sell them or not. Because you were saying that any Barclay cards that you actually pulled were going to go on eBay. Now, are you veering towards keep them in your collection? I, w- I was saying that, and then Steve prompted me on it as well because he'd listened to the episode when he pulled it and said it would appear on eBay quite soon. He he's just took a bit of a downturn, hasn't he? Because he, he clearly already hasn't done what he needed to do in order to keep the prices at, re- at the ridiculous levels that they were. Um, I don't know. I'm watching one of the patches. Um, I haven't seen any of the autos sell yet, so I, I need to I need to have a look and see what they're selling for before I make my mind up. I think with that, it's a case of the the market has been absolutely flooded the last two three months with cards from Barclay. Every product that is opened, there are Barclay autos coming out. Spectra is obviously quite a, a decent high end product, so those cards are gonna are gonna keep their value. But the market is flooded at the moment with uh, Saquon Barclay cards. Ryan, what have you been uh, getting through the post? Yeah, so um, uh, I suppose last in time I picked up a Marcus Allen Flawless Collegiate Prime Double Patch Auto, which is um, yeah probably one of the highest prices I think I paid for a card, but um, it was a great deal, so so I took it. So I'm very happy with that. Um, I bought a Harold Landry Neon Green um, Spectre Auto because. Um, I just look like the look of it, so I thought I'll have that away. Um, I pulled a jersey um, to Marco Murray, which I'm quite I'm happy with, you know, Titan player. So I'm really happy with that. But um, I think the big shout out. I've been doing terrible in breaks. Um, I can't remember the last time I actually pulled a butte. Um, but I have to give I think we have to give a shout out to um, Ultimate Ultimate Box Breaks. Um, did an absolutely amazing job um, on that opening season uh, mixed year. Um, massive breakup, really, really fun that was, and I know that we had a team in there, so um, I think we were pretty happy with that, and we still haven't got round to opening all our bits and pieces yet, so looking forward to doing that. Uh, we had a team, we actually uh, got the Buffalo Bills, which we tried to trade away, Yeah. But unfortunately no one, would, no one would fall for any of our blackmail demands, And uh, but such is life, we pulled some nice cards and we got some nice bounty as well, we got a couple of uh, silver boxes, got a uh, what do we get out of that? We've got Don Russ box and a gold standard box. And we've got a couple of the ultimate 
eight uh, cards that Steve's going to open hopefully Monday for us when he gets them. So I'm sure we'll be discussing those uh, once they are opened. Anything else come through the mail for you, Ryan, or is uh, is that all you've had so far? Uh, uh, that's all, but I'm looking forward to uh, opening my package from uh, Mr. Walter, the, the Seattle package. I, I yeah, forgot that, cool. actually. I, I, I forgot to say all the goodies I've had from you. A um, couple of um, Jeremy Shockey autographs, which are, I'm absolutely over the moon with, because they're my first Jeremy Shockey autos, and Anybody who listened to last episode will know how much that bloke means to me. So yeah, you, you can attach them to his life-size statue at the end of your bed. Yeah, you can make a really own. nice, nice thing, you know, in the bedroom. With yeah. you can have a shrine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll speak to Becky after we finish the show and persuade her that you need a shrine in your bedroom to Jeremy Shockey. <laughs> Well, obviously, since the last show, I've just come back a couple of days ago from a full night in the States where I had two college games, saw two Seahawks games, one high school football game and three baseball games. So it was a, a very pleasant couple of weeks there. Uh, so, yeah, I went to uh, Wisconsin, watched them play uh, Brigham Young, uh, and I managed to put an end to Wisconsin's, I believe it was a 17-year streak of not losing to an unranked opponent at home. And uh, Ryan, the uh, the group tipster, in his text to me a couple of hours before the game, said Brigham Young going to get absolutely annihilated, won't even be close, but enjoy the game anyway. So, <laughs> congratulations on that one, mate. Yep, yep. Uh, went saw the Seahawks play in Chicago. Seahawks played absolutely rank that night, and the game, uh, the score flattered us there. Next weekend, uh, I saw University of Washington, uh, my college team, beat Arizona State and on Sunday uh, watched the Seahawks beat the Cowboys. Seahawks actually played really well that day and it's becoming quite apparent after all the hype now that Dak Prescott is a very, very ordinary quarterback. So, Amen, brother. (laughs) Exactly. I like Van rather than ordinary. Yeah. So now is the time to sell your Dak Prescott cards, guys, before he gets completely rumbled. Yeah. Or start burning them. <laughs> so obviously uh, going to Seattle, I managed to collect lots of about 150 packages that were that were opened in, uh, back at my apartment. There, uh, it was a lot easier this time because I purchased a proper knife, which cut down half the time rather than a, than a pair of nail scissors I normally take with me. That cut down half the time, but I also managed to, <laughs> to put about 20 marks in the guy's dining room table, which I don't think he's quite noticed yet. I managed to buff them out, but I doubt he'll be listening to this show. So, uh, and I'm back there in four weeks' time anyway. So, jobs are good. And plenty of goodies came out of of uh, the packages I opened there. Lots of sealed cards. I think I had about 35 Rashad Penny pen pal cards that came out of there. Uh, I traded lots of those in for uh, towards a box of Spectre, which I opened a couple of days ago. Nothing spectacular came out of that. I got a Michael Vick card, which quite a few people are sniffing around. And uh, on the Seahawk card front, yeah, a couple of nice Russell Wilson uh, autograph rookie cards came out of there. But this time I went really quite big on the uh, retro Seahawks cards from uh, Eagles card shop in Kent in Washington. Guy sells lots of cards. Uh, he's got, yeah, Eagles got uh, 30 years worth of cards all in alphabetical order. So there's so much stuff there. I spent at least four or five hours there each trip that I make there. I picked up about 35, 40, uh, possibly more of 
80s and 90s Seahawk autograph cards. Uh, the way he works out there, he, he goes by the Beckett price and tots the total up there. And then he normally gives people about 40%, 50% off the Beckett price. But because he's uh, such a nice guy for me, he knocked about 65% off. So <clears throat> I think Beckett value was about 750 quid or something, uh, $750 even. And I think I walked away f- with all those cars for about $300 in the end. So that was good. Right, so that's been our time in cards since we last recorded. We're now uh, on the cusp of week four of the NFL season, and our <laughs> our predictions don't seem to be doing t- too well at this present time. Dan, who did you have down to be in the Super Bowl this year? The Patriots and Green Bay. The Patriots aren't doing very well, and Adam Rogers is limping a lot, so... It's not looking good for that prediction. <laughs> so you've so you've cursed uh, your rookie roulette guy, and you've also cursed the Patriots and the and the Packers. So that's good. Yeah. Anybody Who, else wants a curse? Feel free to write in. <laughs> Slip me a five. Right. <laughs> Who did you have for your uh, Super Bowl picks, Sam Ryan? Uh, Rams. Uh, who are very good. Who who are looking very very good and Patriots. I I. I you know what it's one of those things where I think everybody expected the Patriots to fall off the cliff at some point I know it's still early days but I didn't expect it to go this way at the start of the season I'll be honest no but they always seem to bounce back although this year everyone's you but the Patriots you need to put a stake in them and drill it right in because them guys they just never know when it's over do they but don't the Super Bowl against but, Atlanta showed but I, 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 you know you know that uh, obviously there's been a lot of talk in the last uh, year, year about all the issues internal issues um, I, I, I just can't believe that they didn't think yeah actually I'm going to look at this wide receiver set and go nah you're crap <laughs> we're going to have to do something here we've got to go get some people because actually you're all average with Endelman out and I, Endelman's alright but can you imagine Endelman at another another team doing really well because I can't I think he's a, I think he's like a system wide receiver so uh, yeah uh, you know we'll see we'll see they might bring it back but um, we'll rejoice in the meantime I'd, I'd say that for pretty much every wide receiver they've had other than Randy Moss that Danny Amendola looks that doesn't look anywhere near the player he looked when yeah. he was playing Brady. Not not one iota of the same player, and I think a lot of, Brady does that for a lot of wide receivers. Yeah, I, th- I think the Patriots have made is it twenty nine uh, roster moves involving wide receivers, wide receivers even uh, in the last six weeks. So that shows that they're in a bit of a state of flux amongst that. Uh, my Super Bowl prediction was uh, the Saints and uh, I think it was the Steelers with the Saints winning it all. And obviously in week one, the Wax Pack Record curse came to came to fruition yet again. <laughs> as the Bucks, who myself and Ryan both said we'd pick him first, uh, yeah. proceeded to blow out the uh, Saints. Well, not blow out, but they surprisingly beat them. And the Bucks look quite a good good team this year with uh, Fitz Magic, as they're trying to call it. There, they took Pittsburgh quite close again on uh, Thursday night football. So, yeah, that's our Super Bowl predictions, looking a bit murky to say the least. How have our teams been doing? Dan, how have your Giants fared so far? Yeah, so I predicted 10 and 6 for the season, which, as things stand, I, I can't see happening. I, I got quite down after week two and thought, 
maybe we should just suck for luck and go for the number one pick and really try and improve ourselves. Why not? Because we were that bad. We are still bad in the obvious places. Offensive line, we look absolutely terrible. Eli Manning, for me, has never been sort of an elite quarterback, but he's always been good enough if you give him enough time, which we're not we're not giving him. I, I don't see us getting 10 and 6 at all, 8 and 8 at a push, I think. Um, we've been lucky that everybody else in the division is playing as badly as us at this point in time. The Eagles are going to improve, but obviously if we, could, if we can step up and beat them twice, possibly, then I think it's quite an open division. So hopefully we could still be around in weeks 15, 16, in with a chance of making the playoffs. Okay, how do you think your Titans have done so far, Ryan? Well, um, basically, if you want to watch the ugliest team in the NFL but still manage to scrape a win, then go for it, watch a Titans game. Um, We are not pretty to watch um, by any stretch of the imagination, but we ground results out against Houston. We knocked off Jacksonville last week. Um, (laughs) With Blaine Blaine, Blaine Gabba got quite literally knocked out. Um, so uh, Mariota had to come back in even though he's still injured um, and we've got the Eagles coming up and uh, the end, we're playing really ugly but we, we haven't got the rush going um, yet and that I think that will I think with Harold Landry will just get better and better um, Dory Jackson and Malcolm Butler haven't quite really got to grips I think um, in the secondary yet and to be honest I mean we're just not we're just not running the ball very well um, so if you know if we can grind out results again and the Texans are absolutely awful um, but we're grinding out that result against Jacksonville. I think meant quite a lot last week. So if we can just just keep improving, um, then then I think we'll probably reach somewhere around what I, my revised target of nine and seven. <laughs> okay, on the Seahawk front, uh, lost the first game to Denver, which wasn't a surprise. Uh, nobody wins in Denver in September, by all accounts. I think their last twelve season openers they've played at home in Denver, which is very accommodating the NFL to do that and they've won every single game there but our record under Pete Carroll in September away fixtures in the uh, I think it's six I think it's the seventh season I think it was something silly like two and twelve or something in September uh, so we never travel well early season no matter what uh, it's definitely going to be a work in progress this season first after watching us play in Chicago we looked underprepared and just not up to it, just not up to it at all. But then last week, Dallas came to town and we looked actually really quite good on both sides of the ball. I think the defence, which everyone thought was going to be, not ropey, but very much uh, a complete rebuild there with a lot of young players coming in. I believe they're ranked six at the moment and secondary stood up well. Earl Thomas coming back has been uh, a godsend, even though he's not practising for some uh, days because doesn't want to put his body on the line, which is understandable from his point of view. Uh, but the two best players have been uh, Bradley McDougald, uh, safety, and uh, Shaquille Griffin, the twin who was drafted last year in the third round. And he slotted in as, as Richard Sherman's replacement. He had two picks against uh, the Bears. And I think first time since 1976, uh, the Seahawks have the first NFL team since the Redskins back in 76 who have had a different player and set two passes in the first three games of the season. So there's a bit of a stato fact for you. 
Uh, one and two at the moment. Uh, away to Arizona tomorrow. They've got chosen Rosen starting for them. Now, he'll either completely suck tomorrow or he'll light us up and make us look really embarrassed. So, who knows which way that'll go. Uh, I'm still looking at possibly a, a, an eight or nine win season for us. Offensive line is still looking pretty weak. Uh, although it solidified a little bit last week with two starters out. So, what do you bring to that? Chris Carson is great and Doug Baldwin's coming back tomorrow, even though he's not going to be fifth the entire season. Uh, yeah, nine and seven tops for us, unfortunately. So, that's how it's looking from a Seahawk point of view. Okay, on to the product reviews. There's quite a few new products making their way onto the scene now. We've got three products to have a little chat about here. We've got Spectra, Leaf Trinity, and XR. First up is Spectra. Let's have the details on that, please, Dan. So it released on the 12th of September. You get four cards per pack, four packs per box, and eight boxes per case. In every box, you're expecting four autographs and seven mem cards. Okay. Right then, what are our views on that? Let's go to Dan first this week before he uh, throws his toys out the pram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, firstly, I'm a fan. I, I really like it. And I don't know whether, similar to what Ryan was saying when um, Steve pulled him his Mariota, I don't know whether it's because I have quite a bit of luck with Spectra in the past and in the past week. Um, I, I do really like it, though. It, it's it's garish to a point that I, that, that I like it. It's not... It's not over the top or, or whatever. I think it fits the product. Um, the in-your-faceness works for Spectra. I like the colours. I think the parallels are great. Um, all the sparkle and the shine with the colours. And I'm, some people don't like them, but I, I quite like the the luminous signatures. So the orange card with the with the bright orange signature. I, I think that's just a bit of novelty. I think it works a lot. Ryan, what's your opinion on the uh, product? Yeah, um, I've not got, um, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Danny. Um, I don't mind Spectra. It is what it is. Do you know what I mean? It's not trying to be anything else. It's it's in your face. You know, it's very, very much parallel and all sorts of colours and weird swatches and all that kind of stuff going on. So I don't mind uh, Spectra at all. Um, I'm not going to say that I love it, but, you know, it's it's nice. Um I think the I think what was quite cool this year is that they're doing reverse boxes. So where you'd normally get the seven mem cards, four autos, they're reverse boxes. So you get seven autos and four mem cards to look out for. Um, but the thing with Spectra is I've got two things that would improve Spectra. So it could that would elevate it into the, you know that top bracket of projects I really love. One is exactly what Dan just talked about: those luminous uh, autographs. For God's sake, it looks like they've been doing it with a highlighter. You can't even bloody see. It really annoys me because they, they, it could be a really, really nice card, but it looks like they've signed it with a highlighter, and it just you can't even see the poxy auto. So i tell you what, Panini, I've got a load of really nice, um, brightly colored ball pens that from my daughter. I'll send you a few of those, and you get the players to sign it with those, and those would be absolutely sweet. Um, my other one is 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 the thickness of the um, base and the um, die cuts because they're a right pain in the ass to store, right? So if you if you, if you made them if you made them uh, slightly thinner, um, then then I'd be really happy with that because you can't fit them into a, a folder. 
right? So you have to put them in a top loader. So if you collect a lot of cards, you've got like a whole box of Spectra, and I just just waste of a box. But apart from that, quite you know, Spectra's alright. Yeah, I kind of I flip and flop Spectra. Last year's I wasn't too impressed with. I, I think I amongst us call them Barbie cards because they're all glittery and sparkly and pinky and stuff. But this year's there's some uh, a lot nicer cards coming out of there, the uh, nebulas and stuff like that. Again, some of the yeah the pink and the yellow autos are a bit bit too garish and stuff. But some of the patches that come out have been quite nice. And the on card auto, uh, the Vic one that I pulled out of the box that I uh, got in a, in a trade in DJs in Renton. Yeah, some very nice cards come out of that. Price point on that, do we think it's value for money, guys? It's quite expensive as a box of cards go. But then at the same time, as you said, it seems to, it's one of them that seems to hold its value. There's a lot of nice cards in there. The, uh, it's the Super Bowl signatures. Oh, yeah. really nice yeah they're lovely they, they, that is a that is a lovely card that would be a lovely set to collect and, and they're top dollar so you hit one of them and you've you've absolutely chopped your box off anyway um, yeah those those Super Bowl cards there's uh, Russell Wilson set in those I think the ones numbered out of 10 were uh, selling for about 230 $240 a time on eBay this week so I followed that's a card your box covered yeah, yeah, that is, if you pull one of those. Yeah, I think they're case hit, aren't they? So you get one a case. I'm pretty one sure. One a case, yeah. And the uh, the reverse, the hot box as such, I believe that they're, they're one per case as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, second product reviewing is Leaf Trinity. Dan, what are the details of this product, please? So, released on 14th of September, five cards per pack, one pack per box, 12 boxes per case, and all you get is five autographs. Okay. What's the price point on it? Yeah, don't ask that. I don't know. I forgot that. It's about <laughs> it's about hundred dollars, isn't it? About hundred nine dollars, I think yeah, it was. Something like that. Hundred nine, hundred and six, depending on who you buy it from. Although I did manage to uh bid on a, a sealed box yesterday on eBay and went for for seventy six dollars, so that was quite good. Ka ching. Nice. So that'll be work its way to Seattle for the next trip out there. Okay, what do we think of the product? Dan, you're first this week. Away you go. I'm a massive fan of Leaf Trinity. We talked about Leaf products, I think it was on the very first show, um, and people not liking unlicensed products, but this one from Leaf, for me, is absolutely stunning. It's very plain. They keep it really simple, but it looks really classy. Obviously, you've got the fact that you're getting nothing but hits. There's no, there's no base to collect. You're getting all the good stuff when you buy a box. And the the number one thing, the inscription autos, that that's superb. It's a little bit more than an auto. You can see the players put a bit of thought into it, and and what is what is Rose on there? I, I really like that. Well, some put a lot of thought into there, but some I've been looking at on eBay. Some have actually just signed their name, and that's it. Which is. <laughs> Well, yeah, I suppose you can't force them to do an inscription. I don't suppose. I don't think. I don't think it's an actual requirement, is it? It, it isn't. They don't sell it as they've got inscription autos. They just leave enough space for the player to do whatever whatever they want. So. No, no, and being a grouchy old bastard, I look at some of them and it's it's like your penmanship's awful, my my man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, Ryan, what do you think of this product? Yeah, I've always liked um, Trinity. I think uh, one of the things that, uh, apart from exactly what Dan's always said about the design, I've always quite liked the clean cut. But the patches are usually absolutely sweet. You know, the patches are usually really, really nice. Um, the, I, I, the only thing I really can say additionally on this is I think Leaf had done a really good job this year. I think all their products have been pretty good. Um, and like you say about unlicensed products, but I think Leaf had done a great job this year. But I think people already know my views that if, if you if you mixed um, the, the the Flash and Valiant into one product and made that one product, I think that'd be one of the best products of the year uh, at, at a price point that Leaf products are. But um, but well done, Leaf. I think. No, I think I'd echo what you guys have said. I like the uh, product very much. Uh, the inscriptions, yeah, love them. I, in the one box I bought out in Chicago, I managed to pull uh, one of the Rashad Penny ones out of 25. Uh, there's 71 cards in the inscriptions set this year. Uh, toying with the idea of trying to collect the base sets as a complete collection. So I watched quite a few cards today that went up because there were no bids on them. It's like, oh, if I can pick them up for 4 or $5 a time, some of the 20 or 30 lower-end ones then it's a set worth doing. But then tonight they were selling for 12, 13 bucks a time. So maybe down the line I might pick up one or two, but uh, yeah, great product. So third product is XR Football. Dan, what are the details on this one, please? Came out about 10 days ago on the 19th of September. You get seven cards per pack, two packs per box, and 15 boxes per case. In your box, you can expect two autographs, one mem card, one insert, four parallels, two rookie cards, and four base cards. Okay, what's the uh, what's your opinion on this one then, Dan? Uh, to be honest, I haven't really. Uh, it's one of them products I haven't even really got an opinion on it. Might as well just be unparalleled. Only I don't think it's yeah, as nice yeah. as unparalleled. It just it feels like something that they've released just for the sake of throwing another product out there that, you know, it's got hits to Jason and what have you, and they think people will buy it, just feels unneeded, really. Is this the second year that XR's been out? It's the second year that I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, second year I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Dan's obviously not a fan. Ryan, what do you think of uh, XR? It's shit. <laughs> right, thanks for that. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> you got to expand on your uh, your review there, Ryan. No, I, I, honestly, I, I, I'm not even joking around. Um, I've got my notes in front of me, right? That you know, we do actually prepare for these things, and so I've got loads and loads of notes on you know Spectra and stuff, and, and Leaf Trinity, and next to XR, I've just got shit. That's it. Because what's the what's the point? Pointless product. Pointless product. No, exactly. I think as, as I said to you guys earlier today, it is poor man's unparalleled. It's a weak, uh, unparalleled product. Basically, that's all it is. Uh, and I don't I think, think did anybody actually? If you if you follow our Twitter, you'll see it was me doing it. But I was trolling Panini uh, in the week on the fact that they put out that XR had sold out. And I was just, uh, I just was sending them gifts. <laughs> you love a gift. <laughs> I do love a gift. I love a gift because I, I, I'm like, whatever. Yeah, give me some real news about cards. Don't tell me XR sold out. And if it has sold out, have you been giving it out for free? 
to distributors because eh, doesn't deserve our time, lads. Doesn't deserve our time. No, no, exactly. Because I don't mind the base card design with the big team logos in the background. So I'll, I'll pick up the base card designs of the Seals players, but I'm not going to be even hunting down the the autos for the Seals players. Uh, so yeah, none of us are fans of XR at all. So that's our three product reviews for this episode. Uh, just a little preview of, of three products coming up. We've got Flawless Collegiate, uh, Illusions and Impeccable all coming up. Ryan, which of those are you most looking forward to, as if we don't already know? Yeah, yeah, Flawless Collegiate, obviously, absolutely sweet, but um, I, I'm, I'm getting really excited about Impeccable too because uh, um, the, the watercolour autos just look absolutely awesome. I can't wait to see them in, uh, in the flesh. Dan, which of those uh, products is uh, going to float your boat? Obviously, everybody wants flawless, don't they? Except for Gav. We'll, we'll cross that bridge later. Um, uh, Illusions is interesting in that the, the box top has become an auto, which I think oh, it was Ryan informed yeah. me this yeah, week. Yeah, it's a nice uh, move, though. Think, yeah, a very nice move. Very nice move. Because the fact it was just a base card and a box just struck me as a bit daft. Um, but making it, an, making it an auto, I think that could... That could sort of tip illusions over the edge for me. So that's going to be like uh, basically encased the box topper then. Well, not graded, but it's going to be an encased auto. Yeah, so it won't be. It's it's not like you say. It's not graded, but it's it'll have like it's factory sealed, yeah, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, it's never yeah, it's, been, it's never yeah. been touched or anything else. So. Uh, Florida Collegiate, I believe, comes out um, next Wednesday. Impeccable is that October that comes out? Yeah, the tenth. The tenth, so that's the week after. And illusions, do you know when that one's out? Yeah, they're calling it some sort of Super Wednesday, aren't they, or something or Wacky Wednesday? Because illusions and flawless collegiate are coming out the same day. Okay, so might have to get ourselves into a couple of breaks to see if we can pick up some uh, flawless cards. Definitely. What's the price point for collegiate? Collegiate's always about a hundred dollars a box stroke. Yeah, it's cheaper than the NFL one, isn't it? Yeah, um, I saw it on Blowout for $1,500 the other day. There are other reputable distributors. Um, but I did see it on Blowout the other day for $1,500. Um, so. Okay. So if we can get in touch with Gav and get him to guess, guess two cases with all the charity money raised for his great auction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we can just give the... Uh, give a few cards to the uh, to the kids he's helping okay that's the preview section done let's just have a quick look at our rookie roulette guys uh before the start season started we all bought a rookie card for ten dollars or less in the hope that a bit of prospecting would go on and we could make some money at the end of the season uh dan <laughs> any update on your injured reserve player well, seeing as he's on injured reserve, he's done nothing, as you'd expect. Um, as an update, the card I bought is now selling for 99 cents. So, having paid $7 for it, I'm going to end up with $4. You know. <laughs> it might be more than you if you if yours ends up at 99 cents and you know you paid 10 for yours. So, the gamble might pay off yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ryan's, how's your how's your guy doing? Well, we are, you know, we're about to see a momentous occasion this weekend. The Kiki Kute, 
suits up for the first time for the Texans. Um, Bruce Ellington's now on IR, so he's got his opportunity to step up. He's uh, free of his, in- his own injury, hamstring injury. So we'll see what he can do. Okay. Uh, I had the Dante Pettis blue pen pal. He was playing quite well, caught a decent touchdown pass in the first week and looked quite sure-handed and everyone was impressed with him. Uh, but now uh, Garoppolo is on injury reserve, so he's going to have uh, not as many decent passes thrown his way. The good news is, though, that when I was checking this morning, the blue pen pals card uh, for Dante has been selling for $18 this week. So, ka-ching, boys. At the moment, it looks like I might be in the lead of this one. Although we're not going to be going to Vegas on the profits. No. Of the <laughs> oh, yeah, we're getting the chariot after all. Forgot about that, obviously. <laughs> okay, guest interview time now. Uh, this week, it's one of the founder members of the uh, NFL Card Traders Group and a very nice guy, despite the fact he gives off a very grumpy exterior. Uh, for those of you that uh, were involved in the Touchdown House auction this week, uh, Gav Burton is the man who raised close on £3,000 for local children's charities. So here's the man himself, uh, Mr. Gavin Burton. Guest interview time here on Wax Pack Lyrical. Joining us now is one of the founder members of the Facebook group, a legend in his own lunchtime. Known to most people as Grumpy Gav, but known to the rest of the people as Very Grumpy Gav. It's the legend that is Gav Burton. Gav, thanks for giving us some time for the show. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, that, that's your first live. Anyway, we'll crack on with the questions we got for you. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's start going way back into time. Uh, how and when did you first start collecting cards? Uh, whew, 2014. Uh, yeah, I entered the competition on Twitter. Um, with tops to win a Kaepernick signed card and they pulled me out and I got the card and that's how it all started Slippery Slope started then <laughs> I was going to ask you if you remember uh, if you remember your first card um, obviously you've just told us so have you got a, have you got a favourite card and why is that your favourite in your collection um, <clears throat> well I can actually if you go back to the other one about pulling cards I can tell you the first card I actually pulled out of the box Go on, then. Well, that was an Eric Decker jersey out of a Prestige 2011 blaster box. You still got it? No, I sold it. I kept it for about a year, and then I sold it for about two quid, I think. Sounds like most of the cards are, Paul, in fairness. Have you got a, a favourite card that you've got in your collection? Um, not really, to be honest with you. I like all my cards. I think they're all... Hold some memory of the team somehow, even the bum ones. Um, but yeah, even yeah, I don't really have a favourite. I just like all of them. They are all special, anyway. Uh, I suppose my question, Kev, is to sort of follow on a little bit from that. But um, um, is there a card out there that you really actually want, or you don't have yet that you'd like to like hit in in a break? Is there like that that card you're still searching for that you want to hit in a break? There is a card, but as far as I know, I don't think it's ever been made yet. <laughs> and what's that, Dave? Uh, if, I, if I could actually have a card, any card in the world, it would be a Rice Montana Lock Triple Auto card. Oh, nice, nice. That so, would be my ideal card in the world. 
Have you have you have you got because uh, Steve's got a double? Have you got one yourself? I haven't. No, I've got uh, I've got a couple of Montana autos. I've got a couple of Rice autos and a couple of Lot autos, but nothing that's dual or triple or anything like that. Well, I think it's about time Steve uh, Steve coughed up that one. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll take part in in the breaks on the uh, Facebook group. Uh, Gav, do you know? What's the best card that you've ever hit in a break? Uh, Montana Five Star Jersey Auto. Nice, nice. Me and Steve won it on a mojo break. You always tell me you never hit anything good, and then there you are well, telling us about that one. Yeah, that's my. I mean, that was a jewel. I mean, me and Steve had a spot. Um, the biggest one I hit myself was a Adrian Peterson Exquisite uh, Auto Quad Patch. Was it a rookie? Very nice. Was it a rookie one, Gav? Uh, I'm not sure to punish. I can't quite remember. I, I actually gave, well, sold it to uh, Greg Mann. Oh, right. In about three weeks working with him so he could get the card because it's something he'd always wanted. Yeah. That was a nice so, card, though. Yeah, so I sort of, I traded, half traded and half sold it. I got a uh, Bo Jackson Raiders card, which I then traded to Steve and a bit of cash on top. And he got a card of his dream. More people should do that. <clears throat> I think I do think it's the thing that is missing, though, and I think you're right, Gavin. I know that we all here have the same views, but it, it genuinely is missing. There's not a heck of a lot of um, sort of high value trading going on, um, but we try. You know, me and me and Dan just completed on a big one, so we try. Yeah, I think it's, there is, there are people who do it, but I think the problem is a lot of the new ones that come in, they're just interested in the value of cards. That's mm. all they want, and especially this year with the perceived amount that cards are going for, particularly these uh, these silly rookies. Yeah, they'll never learn. Because, I mean, I could probably count on one hand a rookie card that's worth more now than what it was when they bought it. Yes, yeah, I definitely agree with that because it's. Uh, I've just spent the last couple of hours digging through some uh, bargain buckets, so to speak, a card fair out here in Seattle where I'm uh, visiting. And there were ten, fifteen dollar rookie cards from two or three years ago, and like I said, they're in the dollar bin. And in the end, the guy was giving them to me a lot cheaper than that, and they're working out about fifty pence a card. So, if you're trying to prospect on rookies, uh, you're more than likely to fail and not make money from it. You're just going to be it should be a money pit. So, get into the hobby for collecting guys, not to make money from it. Absolutely. So, moving on then, Gav. Why the uh... Why the 49ers? Um, well, the first game I ever watched was on a wet lunch break at school. It was the Packers against the Redskins. And I really liked it. So when I came out that weekend, I went into town and I bought first down. I just went through the teams and I saw the silver and the red, and uh, the red, the gold and the white. And that was it. Just that was, that was my team. Fair enough. And then I did a bit, of, then I found out the reason why they was called the 49ers, and that made it even better. Go on then, you'll have to, you'll have to spill that one to me, because I don't know. Well, 1849 gold prospecting. Alright, okay. <clears throat> That's what it's named after. Good knowledge. Educational, the show. Educational. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see. <laughs> I'm not just a handsome devil. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gav, you've uh, that's the second life of the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Ga- obviously, on Friday evening, Gav, um, you put up the the charity rash in in, in Touchdown House. I just wonder if you want to uh, just spend a little bit of time talking to us a bit about about Touchdown House, actually, how you got involved in that, but mo- uh, mainly about the charity raffle that's going on, how that started, and um, and if you want to give a bit of a shout out to to our people, we'll keep making sure we're telling people about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, we'll uh, plug your uh, wax pack lyrical thing in the group as much as you want. For me, it's I, mean, I don't mind. Um, I started out on Touchdown with Logan and um, it actually started off as Touchdown Auction House and uh, it was just basically people auctioning stuff off and then I said to him it needs to go in a different direction so we turned it into a social group instead. Nice. Um, with regards to charity <clears throat> that it's quite a long answer I'll try and shorten it if I can <laughs> but um, two years ago my missus was having a bit of a rough time and uh, we listened to Smooth radio in the morning. There's a guy called Gareth Evans. He does the breakfast show, and uh, every morning she would say, "You know, good morning, Gareth. Hope you have a good day." And so I emailed him and I just asked him if he could maybe say hello to her one morning. And on the Friday, he did, and he spent about three minutes saying morning to her and saying thank you and all that lot. And then he sent her a bunch of flowers as well. And I've never seen a smile that big in my life when they arrived <laughs> um, and then last year I saw he was trying to raise money for a local kids charity which dealt, dealt with bereavement and and I just thought you know he helped my wife out so I want to help him out so I did the first one last year that raised about 580 quid in one day so and then I just thought this is something I want to do every year now so that's what I do uh, it's awesome work, and um, hopefully we'll raise lots and lots more money this year. Yeah, well, up to now, I think in the last 24 hours we've raised, we're up to about £1,650 at the minute. Nice. That's so, a cracking job. Beautiful. <clears throat> so we're all uh, members of the Facebook group, uh, the NFL Car Traders UK. You three are all uh, moderators and admins on there. Gav's a founder member of that. Uh, how do you see the the group progressing in the next in the not too distant future, and in maybe three or four years' time, Gav? Uh, well, I'll be honest with you. I don't really look that far in from. Um, not ever since my brother died, I've sort of like I just live for today more than anything. I don't really look that far in from, but I would like to think that maybe the group gets back to what it was originally about, which was in group trading and group buying and selling. Uh, and maybe some big deals with the, you know, the major companies gets easier access to products rather than having to go through third parties all the time. Mm-hmm. That would probably be about it. To be I think fair. Yeah, go on, Dan. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I think if they did get involved, if like com- the companies did get involved, like like Gav said, I think it sort of changed change the face of it. It would if it was if they were more easily accessible, you wouldn't potentially find people looking at it and thinking, oh, they found a gold mine because they've got a random card or or whatever. So I think if it was if it was more easily accessible, that that could that could potentially have a knock on effect to getting the group back into just trading them and, and what have you if you could buy them from a shop or whatever else over here 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I just think that Panini are missing out on a massive market in the UK. I just think they're ignorant to it. Oh, completely. If they set up at, at one of the tailgates at one of the London games, uh, a store where they were selling cards and even just packs rather than boxes, they would get a whole new market because there's so many people that go to those games, NFL fans, that just don't even know that there's a, a card market out there. They can get hold of cards. And if these guys did buy a few packs at a Wembley game at a Panini store, then they would surely be enticed into the group and make it bigger and better, which means more deals would go down. And the group would be, there would be more trades because it's, it is very difficult to trade when there's only four or five people that collect the same thing that you do. So it's quite difficult at times to, to make a deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I actually think one year that maybe me and Steve should go to one of these games and, and just set up a store and, and try it ourselves. <clears throat> to be honest. Oh, yeah. You, you definitely make some uh, some inroads into the hobby there. Sort of thing that you should probably get in touch with Panini about and then ask them to send you over some free packs and then just give them out to guys. And that's the way that you could probably go forward with that. Yeah, it's definitely something worth looking at, I think, in, in the long run. Cool. Oh, that's a, that's a cracking show. I've got that. I have um, Yeah, <laughs> one or two good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on, what what is it about collecting that makes you the happiest, Gav? Is that a, is that a serious question? <laughs> <laughs> we shut that one in because we thought it might be a short answer. <laughs> yeah, you tell me when you've ever known me happy about anything and I'll answer it. <laughs> I actually think that you're at your happiest when we have discussions about who we're going to kick from the group for various reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, over is that. <laughs> yeah, that does make me happy, to be fair. <laughs> um, I, I actually, my, my questions are actually kind of a nice little follow-on from that. Um, if there was one, uh, I'm gonna, I've got two here, but I'm going to do part one first. Um, if there was one thing you could change about the group, what would it be? Um, honestly, I would change the the thought process behind card collecting in the group. Because mm. every 90% of people now come in the group and all they're interested in is rookie hits or big hits. Mm. They're not interested in die cuts, not interested in parallels or base or anything like that and they're missing out because they make a big part of card collecting and you get some cracking cards that can actually be worth just as much as a hit Mm. and uh, and do you think i mean part of my second question about that but do you think that's uh something to do with the product as well because for people like us who do like it um, i prefer my product a lot of older product because i like the inserts i like my acetate card my flare acetate for example do you think that that's an issue that with some of the newer product, there's not so much of that stuff to collect? And it is the bigger hits. I do. I'd actually blame Panini for it because I think they have now concentrated that much on on rookie hits. You don't even get a lot of vets in new boxes now. Mm. And a single vet or legend, I don't think, in Origins, for, for example, mm. uh, it's just rookies. So they're taking that aspect of the of card collecting away, and I think it's ruining it. I'm like you; I love older cards. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's my answer. 
we had a, touching on that, Gav, we had a conversation on a on a previous episode, and I, I I said a similar sort of thing. I'd much sooner buy rather than buy Origins and, and pay the price of one of their boxes. I'd much sooner buy maybe a cheaper lower end box of cards where I stand the chance of it in sort of a Randy Moss or something like that. And it's it might only be a slim chance, but at least you've got at least you've got the chance rather than in Origins, as you say, it's just rookies who will probably be it gone tomorrow. You know. Yeah, I mean, the other fact is that now, because there's so many uh, hit cards in circulation, the value of them is nothing. If you pull a card, uh, you pull a hit card from a 2001 box, there is not the amount of hits from that year as what there is now, so they're worth more anyway. Yeah, that kind of, yeah, and I, I think that's absolutely fantastic. Point. And I think particularly with this season, with the amount of like hit 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 friendly products that are coming out this season. I think people who think they're gonna, you know, hit these big rookies, I, I just can't see it in a couple of years' time being anywhere near that kind of value because it's gonna be because because the market's gonna be awash with them, to be quite frank. Yeah, I mean if you go back two years when Prescott and Elliot was drafted, uh, every break you did, there must be a bean at least four or five of their cards that came out yeah. every week. <clears throat> they were selling for, what, £1,000 on eBay? Mm, you could probably what for 50 quid now. They have dramatically gone down. Ezekiel I, I, Elliott's just about holding, but but that Prescott's not. No. <clears throat> and this was going for 1,500 quid in some, t- in, in some places. Check a punt on the rookie. Take one that was drafted in the third or fourth round. Oh, exactly. That's what uh, we've done for our, for our rookie roulette thing, which is uh, ongoing on the on the show. So, definitely. <clears throat> so, it's got a few more questions for you, Gav, uh, before we let you get back to your your busy evening schedule. Yeah, uh, we're all intrigued to know that does Joe have a better collection than you? A better or a bigger? Well, bigger and better. She has a bigger collection than me. She doesn't have a better collection than me, no. <laughs> Language, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> I presume Joe would disagree with that, then. <laughs> a little voice in the background. <laughs> I've got a huge collection of cards, to be fair. She's got oh, probably three folders and about ten boxes full of cards. She's got more than me. But to be fair, whenever I get a delivery, she's there first and she'll be like, oh, mine, mine, <laughs> no, <not> one, mine. <laughs> yeah, tell you. <clears throat> well, if anybody's got any Teddy Bridgewater out there that... Um would like to part for reasonable prices or for free, then I'm sure Joe will take them. Yeah, she'll love you forever. Him or Larry Fitzgerald. They're ah, yeah, Larry Fitz. <laughs> I've got one for you, Gav. If, uh, if you were on death row, what would be your last meal? Oh, my last meal. Um, yeah, probably... I don't know actually. That's a tough one. 
Yeah, probably a stefado, some some Greek meal. I like Greek food, so it'd be something Greek probably. Why are you intending on having me uh, popped off or something? <laughs> <laughs> Do we not explain that bit to you at the start? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everyone that appears on the show gets to uh, go straight to prison. <laughs> yeah, I've been arrested a few times, so. <laughs> but we'll not go down that road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For legal reasons. Yeah, yeah just keep was... wearing that tag, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, continuing the, uh, the, the, the death theme. Um, uh, for your final question uh, from me, um, if all the admin and mods were stranded on a desert island, yeah. who would you eat first and why, Gav? Who would I eat? I wouldn't eat any of them. They all look disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather eat sand. <laughs> <laughs> Look, can you imagine munching on Dan or some stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, I, I, I think I'd rather starve. No, well, that's very kind of you, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite glad to hear that answer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to nibble on your finger, Dan, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for your time, Gav. Has anyone got any more questions for him before we let the uh, legend go? No, it was cracking. Thank you very much, Gav. Thank you for your time. You, you surprised me there, because I was expecting one of the uh, the dreaded, dreaded F word. <laughs> no, no, we, we, we are having you back in a couple of episodes' time to do a review of uh, Flawless Collegiate when it comes out. I believe it's next Thursday it comes out. 26th, isn't it? Sort of like that. 26th, yeah, next Thursday it comes out. So we'll have you back on specially to review it. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll just take you to a, to a chair. A complete beep episode, is it? <laughs> More food. Well, that's beautiful. Thanks for your time, mate. Much appreciate that. Uh, that is the legend. That is uh, Gav Burton from the NFL Cards UK group, 49ers fan and avid collector, as he said, since 2014. Right, it's time for this week's Ryan's Rant. Ryan, what's uh, pissed you off this week? Yeah, this is a, a. It's actually in reverse. Something actually good happened this week, but I want to start off at the start of the story, which is basically about smudged autos and high-end product. Um, in the last year, I've, had, I've actually pulled three smudged autos. They've all been in high-end product. They've all been collegiate as well. So um, it was collegiate national treasures two last year, and one in. Flawless 2017 Collegiate. This comes down to an issue that I know that Brian's raised earlier. It's about it's about how the quality control within Panini. There, there is an issue here because I think it's 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 the most frustrating thing you've bought into a really high end break with a really really high end product, and you notice that the card that's come out is going to be your card, and suddenly you see there's a smudge. It's a smudged auto because there's nothing you can do with it. 
there is nothing to do. You don't really want it in your collection because you like clean autos. You can't really sell it because it doesn't really have an intrinsic value. Somebody else can go get a clear auto somewhere else on eBay or trade it from somewhere else. And I just can't understand if you're paying like four or five hundred dollars for a box or whether you're paying fifteen hundred dollars a box. Well, you're not making sure that those autos are going in there clean. Um, and I don't really care whether it's a $50 box or whether it's a $1,500 box. They shouldn't be in there in the first place. Um, having said that, so I, I had this uh, Brian Bosworth. I had, I'd pulled this um, smudge, smudged auto. And um, and a good friend of mine said, look, you know, why didn't you contact Panini and have a chat with Panini about getting it replaced? And do you know what? I did. And uh, three weeks later, three weeks later, that's right, still waiting on... God knows how many redemptions like a year later, but three weeks later on this one, um, I actually have my replacement. It came this week. Um, so I've got to give huge props to Martin, um, who works um, in the replacements department at Panini. Um, really cracking guy. And a few emails later, and yeah, I've got my replacement. Um, I don't think, smudged autos, I think they're bad for collectors. They're also really bad for breakers too. Because if you bought in a case or a box, particularly like Flawless, where you've got a two-box case, and you've got a smudged auto in it, it brings down the product that, you are, you, that you're breaking. Do you know what I mean? That people are bought into that break for. Um, it shouldn't be in there. It shouldn't happen. Um, but we've, we've talked, and we will continue to talk, I think, at length about some of the quality control issues that Panini have. But there is a happy ending, at least, to this rant. <laughs> so to get the your smudged auto replaced, did you just send the guy... Uh, pictures of the the car that you'd pulled yeah so basically what i did um because uh, because of dealing with a couple of redemption issues um i kind of i suppose have been emailing around some of the people so i know so no don't know them obviously personally i don't go for beers with them or anything <laughs> but <laughs> you get to know some of the people who deal in some of the departments so i did email, email um uh, martin who work who's in that replacements and just said look I've got a smudge oil. It came out flawless. They're fifteen hundred quid a box. This shouldn't really happen. Um, here's a pitch. Here's here's a link to the break that it was pulled. And he basically emailed me back like within half an hour and said, "Don't worry about it, mate. Send it over to us and we'll get it sorted." So you sent the original card back to them, yeah? Yep, sent the original card back over to Panini. Yeah. Okay, and you got the same exact same card back, or? Yep, exactly same card back, nice and clean. That's cool. It's a top, it's a top effort and really quick turnaround as well. In fairness, yeah, that's what I mean. Like you know, it's one of those things that I think is it is really frustrating. I think it must be really frustrating for breakers because particularly when they're breaking high end product. Um, but but like I said, I, I can't really fault what Panini did in this particular circumstance. They did a great job, and like I said, it was three weeks turnaround, and I've got the card nice and clean here. All right, it's time to move on to Ask Dan. A couple of hobby-related questions and one wild card. Dan! 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 Are you ready for your questions, Mr. Dan Hewitt? Certainly am. Okay. Right, hobby questions first as ever. Dan, can you explain to us uh, what a graded card is, please? Right, so a graded card is a card that has been looked at and reviewed by one of the authority figures within one of the authority figure companies within the hobby. So it's done by PSA, Beckett and SCG. PSA tend to do cards that are autographed and then they grade them as authentic. So they'll slab them um, and 
sort of authenticate the the signature on them, if you like. So anybody who buys it after knows that 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 signature is legit. The person, the person who signed it. Um, with Beckett and SCG cards, are given grades from between zero and ten, and four four parts of the cards are, are graded or looked at, are like scored. Um, the corners, the edges, the centering, and the surface of the card. They also uh, do the auto if there is one. Um, they go up in halves as well, so you can get 9.5, 8.5, and the, all the ones in between. And then once you've done that, once you've graded it, it's sealed in a tamper-proof case. So once a card is graded and in the case, it's going to remain at that grade forever. So if you pull a card now, you send it off to get graded, it gets graded a perfect 10. In 30 years' time, you're still going to have a, a perfect 10. Nothing's changed because it's sealed in that in that tamper-proof case. Okay, what's the uh, what's the point of getting a card graded then? It proves that you've got a, a sort of impeccable version of the of the card. If you like, there's no dings, there's no dings to the corners, no no marks on the edges. Um, Centering's an interesting one. The card's perfectly centred. You don't you, nowadays. You don't really find them all that off centre. Takes like you've got to have a really close look to find for me anyway for my eye. I know if you go back in time, the seventies and eighties cards were coming really off centre, um, like down in the corner or, <laughs> or whatever of the piece of cardboard when they were printed. But you, they don't you don't get them like that anymore really. Okay, and if you've got some cards you wanted to get graded, how do you go about getting that done? So you can send. Send them over to one of them companies is the only way to get it to get it done at the moment. So you need to go onto their company's website, complete their relevant submission form, and follow their process for getting it done. But from us in the UK, it can be one quite costly because you've got to include your cost of your grading and your cost of your postage to get it there. You probably only you're not going to do it for random base cards. You're only going to do it for the for the cards you like that potentially worth a bit of money so there's also the risk factor do you really want to be putting them putting them in the post there's various ways around that a, a little bit to sort of reduce your risk and reduce your costs a little bit so you can look at clubbing together with with somebody if you can get somebody else in between you you've got five or ten cards you want to get you submitted and graded you can send them all over in one job lot um cuts the risk down for yourself and the postage down for yourself um, and there is a company um, out there that they specialise in Pokemon cards and submitting Pokemon cards for grading. But I have spoke to them in the past, and they will deal with sports cards and send sports cards over. And they are Ludkins Collectibles, can be found on Facebook and Google. And they regularly send Pokemon cards over to be graded, and are quite happy to include a sports card in their their little package when they send it over. So. That's one way to go about it, and it might be a bit cheaper than doing it yourself. Very interesting. So are these Pokemon cards quite expensive things? And I know nothing about that. No idea. I, I know nothing about Pokemon cards. Okay, cool. Well, that's this week's hobby question answered. Let's move on to the wildcard question for Dan. Nothing too taxing for you this week, mate. Uh, we haven't spoken to Becky this week. She's been... Uh, locked away in a room to stop her from being in contact with us. Makes a change. So, <laughs> you had to buy extra for that, didn't you, mate? So, anyway. <laughs> right, M- Mr. Hewitt, we-, we need you to list your f- 
three favourite films of all time, please. Three favourite films of all time? Wow. The reason this is difficult is because I don't really watch films. That's um, why we've asked it to you. Yeah, the last time I went, the, the last time I went to the cinema was to watch Gone in 60 Seconds. I was still in high school. Um, that's in there as well. Gone in, Gone in 60 Seconds is one. Uh, Saving Private Ryan and The Football Factory are my three favourite films. Not in any order. I'll put them all together. Okay. It's a very uh, forthright and uh, decent answer from you, my man. <laughs> if, <laughs> if any of our listeners have any favourite films that I'd like to get in touch with by we're, we're quite happy to branch out into film reviews and anything else that uh, may take your fancy we're available for weddings bar mitzvahs <laughs> you name it we're available for it okay that is this week's Ask Dan all covered right competition time and the last episode we ran a competition for one of our fine Bone China Ming Dynasty Vista Print mugs the question, I believe, was how many one-of-ones has Mr. Dan Hewitt got in his collection? Dan, how many one-of-ones have you got in your collection? So, uh, actual one-of-ones, not including points, I've got 27. We did ask you to include points in the answer, so I've, I've got 43 of them, so the total comes to 70. So, uh, 70 plates. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> I believe you worked out... <laughs> I believe uh, 70 one-of-ones, even. Ryan, I believe you worked out who our winner was from the uh, multitude of three entries this episode. Yes. Who was the uh, lucky recipient of the mug? <coughs> a couple of packs thrown in as well. Yeah, so congratulations, Jane Feldman. There'll be uh, a mug and packs on his on our way to you. So uh, congratulations. Okay, so uh, well, mate, we'll be in touch, as Ryan said, to get your address and we'll post it off to you shortly. Right, time for this episode's competition. Again, the prize is one of the limited edition mugs. They're limited because uh, we've only got about 12 of the buggers left. There are three in the States now, uh, which are with card shop owners. So that actually went down quite well. A couple of people in the shops there asked if they could buy a mug from us. But it's a bit expensive. I might take a couple with me next time. So uh, this week's question, this episode's question for a, for a mug... Okay, an, another name the figure. Uh, during my two weeks in the United States, how many Tinder matches did I get? That's right, gentlemen. We are now scraping the bottom of the barrel with questions like this. During my two weeks, a week in Chicago and a week in Seattle, how many Tinder matches did I get? If you want to enter this competition, you can do it via the Facebook page. If you want to contact one of us through the NFL cards, UK Facebook group via our email, which is waxpacklyrical at gmail.com. And also through our Twitter feed. You can message us through there, which is again at waxpacklyrical. Once again, the question, during my two weeks in the United States, how many Tinder matches did I manage to uh, get? Uh, I'll give you a clue. It was more than one, and it was less than 800. So it's somewhere in the middle of those two. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. So... uh, any other business before we close this uh, episode number three? No. Not from me, no. Uh, okay, so there we have it. That is episode three of Wax Pack Lyrical in the can. 
been a pleasure talking to you guys. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate We know a lot of you guys do listen. Uh, if you've got any suggestions about how we can make the show better, which one of us you'd like to kick out and have a go yourselves, please feel free to get in touch with us. We've given you the ways to contact us many times during the show. Thanks for listening, guys. And it's just goodbye from all of us. Any last words, gentlemen? Happy collecting. No, thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one, gents, and we'll, we'll speak to you all soon. Ta-da! Ta-da!